You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. If you like this show, then I have a new show that I think you're really going to love. You may remember Rabia Chowdhury as Adnan Syed's advocate on Serial, or as the host of her hit podcast, Undisclosed. Well, now Rabia is back as the host of a brand new podcast called Nighty Night, Bedtime Stories to Keep You Awake. Nighty Night is an anthology series featuring adaptations of classic horror stories you may never have heard of, and fictionalized true life stories that are so frightening that you will start to think that reality is scarier than fiction. As an attorney, it's Rabia's job to investigate and find the truth. As the host of Nighty Night, it'll be her job to make you question which monsters are real and which are just in your head. So join Rabia as she tucks you into bed with stories that will leave you sleepless all night long. Okay, I'm about to play you a clip from episode one of Nighty Night. But first, go and subscribe to Cast Media's new podcast, Nighty Night, wherever you get your podcasts. Good evening, and welcome to Nighty Night with Rabia Chaudhry. I'm DJ Lubel, the show's producer. Tonight's tale is about a family that seems to forget one of the most important rules when going on vacation. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Or at least, always listen to their warnings. Please enjoy The Children Taken. Once upon a time, there was a family of travelers that didn't heed the advice of locals. Their vacation began, as many vacations do, with absolutely nothing going according to plan. Sarah and Tom had planned the trip months ago. Finding a week where their schedules aligned and they could slip away together, leaving the kids behind, even if just for a few days, was no easy task. Their lives were a hectic, constant swirl of work, school events, after-school activities, soccer and tennis camp, and piano lessons for the kids. They could barely come up for air and lately had been feeling like strangers to each other. So spending an intimate few days in a luxury hotel in the mountains was what they needed to recharge and reconnect. 
but their bags were already packed when it all fell apart. A stomachache had morphed into full-blown appendicitis, and just like that, the world's most trustworthy babysitter, Tom's sister no less, couldn't make it. Jeremy was only eight, and Stephanie had just turned ten, not nearly old enough to leave alone, and finding someone they trusted that could keep the kids for a week at the last minute was impossible. Their only options were to cancel the trip and lose the deposit, or just bring the kids along. Forget it, said Tom. The whole point of the trip was to get time together alone. Sarah agreed. She desperately needed a break. Her kids were her life, but she just didn't want them on this trip. Ultimately, they decided it wasn't ideal, but they would have to make it work, and they'd have to plan their own getaway another time. The next morning, they loaded the kids into the car and headed out. As they drove further and further away from the city, Tom and Sarah felt more and more relaxed. Large buildings slowly gave way to groups of huddled homes. Stores and parks melted into fields and trees. The kids buzzed with excitement, and Sarah began to think that while this trip wasn't what was planned, it was turning out okay. She hummed a song, stared out the window at the changing landscape, and smiled to herself. Sometimes, things not going according to plan is actually what everyone needs. As the miles ticked by, the excited hum in the backseat slowed down and then stopped altogether. Soon, it was replaced with the bored frustration known to all parents, one that made it clear to Tom and Sarah that they were not going to be making it to the hotel without finding a place to stop first. As the bursts of conversation from the kids turned shorter and snippier, Tom began scanning for a place they could stop to stretch their legs. While the children mostly got along, being stuck in the backseat of a car for hours on end was testing their friendship. They were lucky, Sarah knew. Plenty of siblings didn't get along at all, but these two were usually thick as thieves. Right now, though, they were just getting on each other's last nerve. Just then, as they began ascending the valley towards the mountains, the Green Orchard Gas and Convenience Store came into view, promising gas, snacks, and bathrooms. Tom pulled off the empty two-lane road up to the little store. You can each pick out one snack, Sarah shouted as Jeremy and Steph sprinted to the store. She smiled at Tom and reached out for his hand. She took a few deep breaths of the fresh country air, which was sweeter and cleaner than anything that existed back in the city, and then they followed their kids inside. The store was small but clean, and Sarah watched as Jeremy and Steph wandered up and down the aisles examining the chips and cookies and candy. An elderly man complained about the price of gas to the friendly-looking woman standing behind the counter, and she smiled and nodded, agreeing with him. The bathrooms were immaculate and empty, and the coffee was fresh and hot. In short, it was exactly the kind of spot you hope to stop at when you're traveling. Sarah navigated a small selection of books, choosing a thriller to read by the pool, and then collected the snacks that the kids had picked out. By the time she got to the checkout as Tom herded the kids back to the car, Sarah had an entire armful of goodies to pay for. She fished around in her purse with one hand to find her wallet and noticed a picture of a young girl with dark hair taped to the front of the cash register. Sarah smiled at the photograph. Must be the cashier's daughter, she thought. So nice to see young families in here, said the woman behind the counter, nodding towards the older man who had been so cranky about the cost of gas earlier and who was still in the corner of the store comparing prices on bottles of water. What brings you to the area? Visiting or passing through? Uh, we're here for vacation, Sarah smiled. We're staying at the Grand Mountain Hotel. Do you know it? 
The woman nodded with a grin. Oh, you'll love it. It's a wonderful spot to stay, but you know, just one piece of advice so you don't get lost. I think you're staying at the Grand Mountain Resort, not the Grand Mountain Hotel, because the hotel is actually an older building all the way up in the top of the mountain. Sarah furrowed her brow as the woman continued. See, they're both owned by the same company, and they really should change the name to avoid confusion, but but just in case you get turned around in new directions, you'll want to make sure you're asking for the right one, you know. Otherwise, you're liable to end up at a place that you don't want to be. Sarah's face stayed confused, and the woman continued. Your kids, actually. See, that's that's how I knew. Families stay at the resort. The hotel is adults only. Sarah shook her head. Well, we, we didn't think we were bringing the kids when we booked, but actually we're staying at the hotel and not the resort. The woman's eyes turned hard in an instant. You'll want to change then. Tell them about the kids when you get there. Because, you know, an old building like that, it's no place for kids. It just wouldn't be safe. Sarah blinked at the lady and responded. Uh, well, thanks, but I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. The hotel looks great. The woman moved quickly and grabbed Sarah's wrist hard. Tell them at the desk when you arrive that you decided to bring the kids and ask them if they'll switch you to the resort. I'm telling you that building is not safe for kids to be wandering around in. There have been, there've, there've been accidents, and, and they're very accommodating with these things. Sarah pulled her wrist firmly away, and the woman released her grip. She smiled as she went back to bagging the items on the counter. I just want to make sure you enjoy your time in the area, is all. I mean, you know, tourism is a big deal for us. I'm sure you'll have a wonderful trip. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we will too, Sarah mumbled. She got back to the car quickly, her face red. Tom could see something was wrong. She told him what the woman had said, how she grabbed her wrist and insisted that the hotel wasn't safe. Yeah, well, look, I'm not changing our plans because some crazy woman doesn't think kids belong in a nice hotel. They'll be fine. What kind of trouble could they get into with us there? We're not changing where we're staying. Sarah felt embarrassed about taking the woman even a little bit seriously, but Tom was probably right. The woman did seem a bit crazy. Why would they change their entire plans because a stranger told them to? Plus, she was lying. The hotel wasn't adults only. It didn't say anything like that on the website. Tom pulled the car out of the parking lot and onto the road that climbed uphill towards the hotel. Sarah returned to staring out the window, feeling her alarm grow duller as they ascended the slope of the mountain. She watched as they passed the turnoff to the resort, and a little voice inside her told her to follow the sign. She ignored the voice, though, and she said nothing to Tom. The Grand Mountain Hotel loomed at the summit of the mountain, a behemoth of sandstone, gothic and intimidating, that perched above the valley below. They pulled into the massive circular driveway and stopped in front of the pillars that framed the entrance. The bellhop that had come running with a luggage cart stared at the children while Tom began unloading the car, and Sarah entered the massive carved doors to check them in. The lobby was immense and dark, and Sarah guided Jeremy and Steph towards the front desk. The walls were covered with large tapestries and paintings framed in gold, and a silent grand piano sat in the corner. The deep red carpet was almost ominous, and a shudder ran through Sarah. The man standing behind the front desk, made of polished wood that shone under the lights, smiled politely but coldly at her. He wore a name tag that identified him as Edgar, the manager. "'Ma'am,' he said to her, "'you missed the turnoff for the resort halfway up the mountain.' Sarah set her jaw. 
No, we're staying here. You'll find the reservations under the name Fraser. He took his eyes off of her to look at a computer screen and then met her gaze again. Mrs. Fraser, my apologies, but you told us when you booked that it would just be you and your husband on this visit. Otherwise, we would have directed you to the resort. It's much more family-friendly. We can change your booking without any fee, and you'll find the resort's much more comfortable and enjoyable for your children. <sighs> well, Sarah replied exasperated, we didn't know we'd be bringing the children we booked, but this will be fine. We don't need to change, and we're looking forward to staying here. Edgar frowned. Children are not allowed in the dining rooms here, he replied. Well, we like room service anyway. This now seemed to be a challenge, and Sarah was not backing down. Look, I checked the website, and there were no age restrictions for staying on the property, and the suite that we booked accommodates four people, so I don't understand what the issue is. Tom arrived and now stood by Sarah's side, joining the standoff. Is there a problem? he inquired. Edgar smiled politely. Not at all, Mr. Fraser. I, I was just explaining to your wife that you'd all be much more comfortable at the resort. We have pretty strict rules here, like children are not allowed in the dining rooms, they can't be in the hotel common spaces or elevators alone. It's really quite a hassle. The resort has lots of activities and areas for children, and there'll be other children there as well. Tom shook his head. We'll be fine and are happy to follow any rules you have here. We're not interested in changing our plans, though. Edgar nodded slowly, fixing his eyes on Sarah. Please, do pay very close attention to your children. Again, we'd be happy to change you to a family suite at the resort if you change your mind. I think you'd enjoy it a lot more. However, I, I will fetch your keys. Edgar turned and walked away. Jeremy looked at his parents with concern. Are we going to get thrown out? Tom ruffled his son's hair and smiled. Not at all, buddy. Don't worry about it. He leaned over to Sarah and whispered in her ear. Wait till I review this place online. Edgar returned a moment later. You'll be on the 13th floor. Please remember, once again, that children are not allowed to be unsupervised in the hotel at any time and cannot be alone in the elevators. He slid the plastic card keys across the counter, nodding towards the children. We're very strict on our rules here, but they are for their safety. Tom collected the keys and shook his head at Edgar, and the family walked towards the elevator bank. Jeremy rushed ahead so he could beat his sister at pressing the call button, and the four of them entered the musty-smelling elevator, mirrored on all four sides, the floor covered in the same dark red carpet as the lobby. Tom glanced at the buttons and hit the number 13. The elevator groaned, hesitating for a second while the lights flickered. Then, the car began to climb. Tom smiled. Mystery solved. They're worried about our kids getting stuck in this old thing. Imagine that lawsuit. Sarah laughed in agreement at the absurdity of the realization. Yeah, mystery solved. Their suite was cavernous, an enormous amount of space with panoramic views of the surrounding hills. They unpacked and ordered room service and put on a movie, but Sarah kept turning to look at the breathtaking view beyond the window. She was glad they hadn't switched to the resort. Nothing they could offer would make up for these views. The next couple of days passed well, with hikes on local trails and hours by the pool. In the backdrop, though, was Edgar, who turned up at all hours of the day, it seemed, glaring at the children. He seemed intent on catching them misbehaving, though he never managed to. They watched movies together in the evenings and ate piles of candy from the hotel gift shop. Sarah made sure the kids weren't left unsupervised anywhere. She admitted to herself that she was just a little bit afraid of Edgar and didn't want to give him any excuse to kick them out. 
Things were going great, and she wanted to keep it that way. One morning, a few days into their vacation, the family had just arrived at the pool when Jeremy announced that he'd forgotten his book back in the room. Tom and Sarah were both half-covered in sunscreen and told him to wait so one of them could go back inside with him. Jeremy bounced around and moaned. It's okay, I can go. I'll be fast, I promise. I won't even use the elevator, I'll just go up the stairs. Come on, it's not a big deal, I'm not a baby. Sarah looked around. They were alone at the pool and Edgar was nowhere in sight. She sighed. Okay, just don't go through the lobby, don't use the elevator, and be quick. She handed him a key and watched as he took off, disappearing into the building. Only a few minutes had passed when Jeremy returned with Edgar, whose glare was unrelenting. I reminded you multiple times of the rules, but I just found your child wandering the hotel by himself. Come on now, he wasn't wandering, Tom responded. He was just running up to our room. He wasn't going to use the elevator. He just forgot the book he's reading. Edgar's eyes narrowed and his words became a hiss, each one enunciated carefully. You have no way of knowing he wouldn't use it, since you weren't there. Sarah tried to diffuse the situation before it spiraled. I'm so very sorry, Edgar. It was a mistake. I I promise we won't make it again. Edgar turned to look at her. See that it doesn't. If there's another incident, I'm afraid you'll have to leave. Safety is one thing I cannot make exceptions on. With that, he turned and walked into the hotel. Tom met Sarah's gaze and rolled his eyes. That guy must be fun at parties. The rest of the day passed as the others had, swimming and lounging in the sun. Early in the afternoon, they decided it was time to head back up, take showers, and order some lunch. They entered the old elevator, the blood-red carpet reflecting all around them. As they rode up, slowly passing floor after floor, Sarah heard a sound that seemed to swell up from the elevator shaft. It sounded faintly like a child crying. She squinted, trying to listen closer. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. 
Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.